This is Harvest Talk Radio. Reaching the world with evangelism. Join us every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. As we discuss strategies to build the kingdom of God with evangelism. Taking outreach to the next level. This is Harvest Talk Radio. Broadcasting around the world with Gary Mathis. I'm Pastor Gary Mathis. We're getting ready to discuss the topic on The Great Awakening Part 1 with co-host Pastor Larry Taylor. Hi, my name is Gabby, and you are listening to the Harvest Talk Radio. A series dealing with the Great Awakening. Amen. I've been hearing so much about this within the last couple of years, and plus God has been putting also this same subject in my spirit, and I'm beginning to see a glimpse of what God is going to be doing in the earth. Amen. We're going to be dealing with the Great Awakening. We have on the line with us as well, and that is Pastor Larry Taylor for Salvation and Praise Tabernacle. We thank God for him. Amen. We're getting ready to really discuss something that we want to look at what God is getting ready to do in the earth. As you see, the signs of the times is really before us. It's seen as though that we're living in a time that only been preached about, man, from the Bible, been preached about before we was even alive, or our forefathers, or either our grandmothers and grandfather and our former pastors. Uh, they seen things such as a pandemic, the Spanish flu that hit the land and killed a lot of people. A lot of people left this earth because of that. But also, when things like that happen, people want to get closer to the Lord. So I believe that whatever it is that will cause the great awakening or the next awakening, I'm pretty sure it's going to cause people to run to Christ. And we saw that within these last few months, how people was running to Christ. They began to become alive or awakening. Amen. So I thank God Uh for Pastor Taylor for being on the line because we're going to try to deal with as it relates to the Great Awakening. What we consider to be an awakening, you go back to about 1700s and 1730s and, and the 40s and 60s, you'll find out that during that time that people were beginning to preach the gospel to cause people to start realizing that they can live a better life than what they was doing. If we go all the way back there, Pastor, we're talking about the establishment of the 13 colonies, the original 13 colonies. And the reason that they were there in the first place was because of the religious suppression that they were receiving in England. They wanted to uh, go and to a country where they could uh, worship God in their own way. Uh, and so the colonies were established. And during the time period that you're talking, the 1720s to 1730s and 40s, that uh, even then, um, after getting over here into the country, that uh, religious religion had become uh, a little complacent for people. You know, they were working hard and 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 doing what they could to survive. But uh, when when we think about the country being basically established on uh, religion, 
and that starting to slip away from them, then preachers were getting a little concerned. So they had to do something uh, a little bit differently. And so messages were changed to try to get people back into churches. And it succeeded, uh, at least for a little while. I guess that's why they call that the first great awakening, right? So during, during that time, uh, the ministry that was going forth at that time really brought a sense of freedom and a sense of independency. We're not talking about uh, radical fashions group, but we're talking about the preaching of the gospel through men's like uh, the uh, Winfield and and those individuals that was ministering back then. Uh, and it uh-huh. led all the way up to. Uh, 1776. Now, uh-huh. a lot of us don't realize, but yes, the preaching of God's word was a part of ushering in uh, what we call the Independence Day, Independence Period. So when you take a look at independence in the writing of the Constitution, it was dealing with uh, being independent, it was dealing with being free, and also dealing with one nation under God. That that wasn't just because they penned it there. It was being preached and ushered into that particular area that was considered to be during that time, which our school books would not talk about. It was a part of the awakening, the awakening to uh-huh. Jesus Christ. So one of the uh-huh. questions that I asked before we get a little bit further into what we should be expecting nowadays is that what is the difference between an awakening versus a revival. A, a revival. I, I think about uh, the times that I was working in the ER and and in intensive care when somebody's heart was stopped. When when that happens, that person is is physically dead, but with the right tools and and the right technique, we can revive that person. We can bring them back to life. It's like. God is looking at churches that have become completely dead. So he has to send an evangelist or an revivalist there to bring life back into that church, back so that that church can bring life back into that community. I think that right now where we are today, going through pandemic with uh, COVID-19, a lot of people have been asleep. A lot of people have their conspiracy theory. Some people don't even believe that it even exists. And and God is trying to keep them from, from completely dying off, come about with another awakening, mm-hmm. alarm, mm-hmm. or to uh, come around with a defibrillator to bring them back to life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but you know what, let me, let me take a look at, and I want to take a look mm-hmm. at it from the stance of culture versus church, not versus, but the difference between how awakening and revival plays a part. I'm going to read this, and it's coming from, from Crosswalk.com. It said, the words okay. revival and awakening are often used interchangeably, but there is a distinction. An awakening takes place when God sovereignly pours out his spirit and impacts cultures. Uh-huh. That is what happened during Jesus' revolution, and is what happens in the multiple spiritual awakenings in the history of the United States, predating its establishment as a nation, which I which I talked about 
earlier. Uh, uh-huh. A revival, on the other hand, is what the church must experience. It's when the church comes back to life, when the church becomes uh-huh. what it all what it was always meant to be. Uh, it's more return to passion. I think many times we overly mystify the ideal of revival, but we don't uh-huh. really need to. In other words, I could just simply say revival is for the church restoration, restoring something to its original condition. Praise God. So uh-huh. this is where uh, we can interchangeably put uh, awakening and revival together. But but when it comes down to affecting cultures, okay. So when the church, when they become revived, when they become restored, when they come from their sleep, which you spoke of, now uh-huh. they are in the position to do the work of the Lord. They become the laborers for the harvest. And be prepared to do the work of the Lord when the time for the great harvesting of souls take place. When Jesus spoke then, he said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So, yes, the church must wake up. Yes, the church must be restored and revived and come back to its original use so that they can be ready for that period because now going forth we're talking about in our season our time right now during 2020 it is being prophesied it is being it's even myself hearing the call of the kingdom to be prepared for the harvest in the soul even himself taking me to the side and to prepare for such a time that's coming that's why while others are trying to build platforms and become famous, they are missing the true clarity call for that time that's coming. So what is coming? We're talking about now moving forward. What is coming? Let's take a look at three steps here that we might want to actually identify with when it comes down to an awakening that we're looking for. Uh, what I'm understanding, the difference to be, a revival pretty much is a local thing. It's for the local church. The local church has sort of kind of died on God and, and not doing what God has asked them to do. Uh, the book of Revelation, God addresses each one of the churches, and he has something different for each church. So each of those churches need their own individual revival. When it comes to an awakening, this is covering Mm -hmm. a large Mm -hmm. portion and groups of people, which is a culture. Mm -hmm. So this is beyond the church because the church needed to be revived. And once Mm -hmm. the church is revived, then it can go out and help the culture Mm -hmm. wake up. That's what I'm understanding it to say. Amen. 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 <laughs> okay. Amen. All right. <laughs> because if when the dead do rise, we're going to be uh-huh. there to assist them. It's going to be uh-huh. the right, church. right, right, right. It's going to They're be going to need help. Yes. They're going to need help. That's why 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 when Billy Graham did his because he he did more than revivals because uh had churches coming together and he would come into a city, and, and they are addressing 
an area of people. So when he did his crusade, because that was the term they used, he always directed people to their local churches mm-hmm. for the, uh, the, the teaching and the training that they need to live successfully, to live godly. So he didn't stick around to do that. <laughs> he sent them to the local churches, and he always made sure that before he came into the city that local churches knew he was coming so they would have meetings there, and he would tell them, when I show up, you guys, you station yourselves around the tent or the Coliseum or wherever he was going to be speaking. And so uh, you have your tracks and all of your, your church information readily available so that you could hand it out because these people are going to need help once I'm gone. So that was his way of, through his crusades, doing awakening. Mm-hmm. That's why the church can't be selfish. That's Mm, why our teaching, it cannot be just for one state of mind. You got to get into the whole Bible. We are preparing, man, for the souls, for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. See, you know, the church is the kingdom. It is Mm -hmm. the platform for the kingdom. That's why the church, we have to get to the point where we have to be more than just looking at our place uh, of Mm -hmm. worship and building up our grounds of worship. But we have to start looking at developing people to go out. We have to really Mm -hmm. get our minds focused on kingdom building because God is yet preparing us coming out of the pandemic, which we're still in numbers are still Uh rising coming out of this, not forgetting not allowing the enemy to trick us with another killing to get our minds off of what Jesus just did off of people that have received Christ. And during this season, you saw more people praying in the streets, talking about Christ where places that they will fight you over. They was talking about Jesus in the government buildings where they didn't want the Bible to be and the scriptures to be on the walls in the courtroom. Come on. All of that uh-huh. went south. Everything uh-huh. went south. Let me tell you, it was no combat. There was no rebuttal. You didn't hear about all of the other cultures that arise. They was not uh-huh. there to be heard. Why? Because for the first time, they saw that God was in charge. And the sinner, uh-huh. and the individuals that did not have Christ, they realized they came awake. They woke up. And I thank God for what we went through. Because the yeah. church did get revived and mm-hmm. cultures did awaken. Amen. And at least cultures are in the process of being wake, awakened, I believe. The pandemic was a part of it. But when we look at what happened with George Floyd, that was a, a, a spiritual onslaught that, that captivated the whole world. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about that later, but... I I was asked, why, when it comes to George Floyd, why has the church and the leaders in the church not stepped up so that we could identify a leader? So we could talk about that next time. But but when it comes to uh, uh, the 1700s with uh, George uh, Whitefield, um, he 
was not particular about who he preached to. So he preached to uh, the uh, people who had moved here from England. He preached to Native Americans when he had uh, interpreters. He preached to slaves. He preached to everybody because the word of God was in him like that to do that. And he wanted the word of God to cause people to tremble and come back to God. They had slacked off. So he he was a cause of that first great awakening. And so what what is it that we need to do to have the third awakening? Because there was a second, uh, but the first one was about getting the word of God out there. And the second one had to do with different denominations wanting their doctrines to be out there. And so they ended up starting schools. That's why we have uh, the Harvards and the Carolinas and the Stanfords and et cetera. So schools were built, colleges were built based on the denomination that started that uh, college. So that was the second awakening, uh, along with getting the word out in the schools so that they could teach the, the, the preachers how to go out there and, and, and spread their own doctrines as well as the word of God. So uh, we, have a, we still have a long way to go. The history that we're uh, kind of looking at right now is much more to it, uh, an ending of this session to begin another section because we want to talk a little bit more about that third awakening on the next section here. And I want to leave at this note here in order to start reaching towards that particular areas. Three things that we must realize and recognize uh, before Jesus come back to be in the positioning of that great or third awakening. One we have to understand that it's going to be a spirit of restoration uh-huh. and dealing with that revival, talking about the church and everything. And then two, a spirit of prayer. Of course, the prayer is like a good carpet of grass. Praise God. Amen. It is going to lay the carpet for it and prayer has to do it. And also the outpouring of his glory and miracles and things that you, the church itself today cannot even say they witness. A lot of people in ministries right now cannot say they witness created miracles or miraculous miracles. Yes, there are miracles that happens like salvation and Uh salvation is a miracle. Uh, It changes your nature immediately. So that uh-huh. is a miracle. But we're talking about miracles that you see before your eyes. You're going to see more of those. You're going to see this happen during this particular period that's coming, which I want us to go uh, a little bit deeper in and talk about it and really talk about that Pentecostal experience and all of that that we're, we're expecting for this to happen. Amen. Thank okay. God for this subject here, the Great Awakening, dealing with the history, dealing with 
our time and dealing with the time to come and what God is preparing us for. This is all dealing with outreach, dealing with harvest, the harvesting of souls. And I'm so glad that God really put in my spirit to really get this up and running because the more people start listening to this, the more they start thinking about it, because if this type of uh, subject is not going on in your ministry, uh, then you're really going to miss uh, some of the things that God really has for his kingdom. Uh, uh-huh. Many of us think church is just a place where is entertainment and worship. Before we actually end this broadcast, we're going to ask pastor to go ahead and pray us out. Father God, we thank you for once again, giving us an opportunity to get together. We pray Lord that you touch each and every one of us so that we continue to do what you're calling us to do. Lord, you said in your word that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So when we send the laborers out there, Lord, we want them to be trained and experienced to be able to share what you have for them to say, that they say your words not mine or Pastor Mathis or their pastors or anybody else's, but to duplicate what Jesus did through you. We pray, Lord, that we help the world become awakened. And we want to start in our own individual churches through revival. Help us, Lord. Until we come together again at the appointed place and time, we'll be ever so careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise that you'll do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Harvest Talk Radio. Reaching the world with evangelism. Join us every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. As we discuss strategies to build the kingdom of God with evangelism. Taking outreach to the next level. This is Harvest Talk Radio. Broadcasting around the world with Gary Mathis.